0: All right, everybody, welcome to the midweek edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Lots to talk about on today's show. The Latest rumors about the upcoming NHL season and some potentially good news for Islander fans concerning that. We've got an Islanders prospect coming back to North America in preparation of the upcoming season. We've got the latest down, Matthew Barzal, plus uh, a trade rumor that was around in the past that I think may come back and become reality in the future. We've got all that, plus our Islanders' birthday of the day, and a whole lot more. If there's something on your mind that is Islanders-related, feel free to send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and when you send your comment, question, or the topic you'd like us to discuss, we're happy to mention you on the air if you leave your name and where you're from. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRvsNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. So uh, as soon as a trade is made, a move is made, a rumor comes out, we will let you know. Uh, all right, so. Let's get things started with the latest information on the NHL's plans for starting this next season up, and we are now less than a month away from that projected January 13th starting date. Now, lots of rumors going on uh, as to what the season is going to look like, and right now, It's looking more and more like the NHL will not go to hub cities and that teams will play their regular season home games in their own buildings. So, what does that mean for the New York Islanders? First of all, it means that they will be playing their home games this year at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. And I think the reason that this makes sense, for whatever it's worth, is that the with the vaccines coming out, the NHL can hope, realistically, that by playing games in home arenas, by the time the season winds down, maybe the second half of the season, certainly by the playoffs, we will reach a point where we could have at least some fans in the stands initially, and maybe if enough people get the vaccine, possibly by the playoffs, we might be able to say that we could fill buildings to capacity again. And look, we all know the National Hockey League relies on ticket sales and related game revenue for roughly 50% of their uh, gross revenue. So they need bodies in the stands to lessen the blow that COVID has created for them economically And therefore, they are still looking at the idea of having games in the home arenas. Now, there is a catch. We're looking at right now what is expected to be a 56-game NHL schedule. And the rumors now, and again, nothing has been finalized, but the latest information from fairly reliable sources... Indicates that each team will only play the other teams in their divisions. Now, remember, this year only there are revised divisions. So the Islanders will only face seven other teams during the course of this season over 56 games. Those teams are the Rangers, the Devils, the Penguins, the Capitals, the Flyers, and then For this year only in the division, the Bruins and the Sabres. So, again, we're looking at a 56 game schedule against seven other teams. That means that, barring any special event games that are played, let's say outdoors, uh, that involve teams from other conferences, you're going to play the other seven teams in your division eight times each. That means uh, that you're, you're looking at four home and four road games against these division opponents. And it also means this. This is probably the closest that modern NHL fans will get to the feeling of the original six, where there were five other teams. You played them each a lot. Uh, you know, you played the other five NHL teams in a in a 72-game schedule uh you know, 14, 15 times a year, and the bad blood between those original six franchises was intense because you really had individual rivalries where, you know, when you're playing another team that many times in a season and for that many games, you could have a personal rivalry between, uh, you know, one player on one team who was constantly going up against A player on another team. And, you know, you you talk about, for example, let's take the Islanders' biggest rivalry, which is against the Rangers. You take that Islanders-Rangers rivalry and you get a situation where, let's say, you know, they're playing two or three games in a row, because we're talking about homestands now as part of this. So, you know, let's say that Matt Martin uh, you know, gets into a little, uh, take. doesn't like a hit that one of the Rangers players delivers during a game. The next day, they could be playing the Rangers again, and you've got a situation where, you know, the bad blood carries over, and it just ratchets up the intensity and the physicality, and I, I think in the short run, at least, for this one year That'll be a positive for hockey in a lot of ways, and the rivalry between these teams within your division, it's going to get even more intense if that's possible than it already is. So that is the plan. As of right now, again, nothing finalized, we're still waiting to hear how it all pans out, but right now... Islanders look like they will be playing at the Coliseum again, all subject to change. But we should know something finalized fairly soon. We have got a lot more to talk about. We'll talk about the latest on Matthew Barzal. We'll talk about a trade rumor that I think may come to fruition closer to the trade deadline. We got an Islander player coming back to North America uh, from Europe in preparation for the season, and a whole lot more. Stay with us. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, we've all been there. It's a long day, and at some point, you hit your wall. Whether it's a mental wall or a physical wall, you can break through it with Built Go. It's the energy gel from the makers of Built Bar. It comes in easy-to-take, one-and-a-half-ounce packages. It's portable. You could easily put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. Put it in your golf bag and power through that back nine. Or just put it in your pocket and get through whatever you have in store for this day. It's like five-hour energy without that crash feeling and it's all natural, so it's better for the body. Comes in three great flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate coconut, and peanut butter honey. And it's got collagen protein, so it's fast absorbing and easy on the stomach. Built Go also has great stuff like beta alanine, vitamin B3, vitamin B6, vitamin B12, honey, and a kick of caffeine. And look, that collagen protein promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. So this stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, we are back. Hey, uh, the the Locked On Podcast Network has some great new shows coming up including Locked On Today, which is a 15-minute news show highlighting the biggest stories from the sports world around the country. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers, and this one will be something that, you know, you want to catch up on the, all the sports news from a local perspective from around the country, you have got it very quickly. So check out uh, Locked On Today, at your podcatcher of choice. All right, little bit of news to get to right away. Uh, first of all, the Islanders, Oliver Wallstrom heading back to North America. He was loaned out to a team in Sweden, but that is now no longer the case. So the former Islanders first round pick from back in 2018, coming back to Long Island after spending two months uh, playing in it, with, I, with AIK in Sweden, so that news released uh, just yesterday, and uh, look, 10 games for Wallstrom, he had eight points, that put him third on the team in scoring, he did miss a couple of weeks after getting injured late in October, but look, he got into uh you know, some games, got to play, played well. Look, third on on the team in scoring, despite missing games due to injury, that's a positive development. He's playing against professionals, yes, a second-tier team in Sweden, but getting those reps and getting experience, and that is something he needs. Now he is returning. This will give him time to quarantine before the opening of training camp, and that sets him up to be ready for a chance at making the NHL roster. And, you know, to me, Kiefer Bellows and Oliver Wallstrom probably fighting for one roster spot this year, and it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how this experience ends up helping Oliver Wallstrom, and we'll keep an eye on that. But he's heading back, and that is just a good sign for everybody concerned because you know, it means we're getting closer and closer to the startup, hopefully, of the upcoming NHL season. Time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Today, it's Craig Berube, yes, the coach of the St. Louis Blues, who won a Stanley Cup with them just a couple of years ago. He will turn 55 on Thursday, and uh, Berube, who was mostly a tough guy in the National Hockey League, Uh, Really only spent part of one season with the Islanders, it was 2000-2001, broke into the league uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers, was not drafted, but played with the Flyers, the Leafs, the Flames, the Capitals, uh, and then joined the Islanders before uh, finishing his NHL career with the Calgary Flames. Has since gone on to coach the Flyers and the Blues, and of course won a Stanley Cup with the Blues in 2019 as their coach. Barubi, one of those guys that fans really like because of his toughness, his hard work ethic, and uh, wasn't here all that long, but certainly uh, had a few memorable fights. We're going to look at one of his better games as an Islander, March 14, 2001, at the Mellon Arena in Pittsburgh, Islanders and Penguins, Chris Terreri in goal for the New York Islanders. Jean-Sebastien Aubin in between the pipes for the Penguins. Islanders came into this game uh, near the bottom of the standings back in 2001, while the Penguins were, uh, you know, a playoff caliber team for sure. But the Islanders got on the board first late in the first period. Tim Connolly strikes his ninth. Claude LaPointe and Roman Hammerlich, the helpers, At 13.22, after 20 minutes, the Islanders held a 1-0 lead. In that first period, Craig Berube dropping the gloves with Bob Bugner of the Penguins. And those guys, they went at it many times during Berube's NHL career. And uh, this was a tough fight. We'll call it a draw, uh, if you can recall that fight. In the second period... The Islanders did the one thing they couldn't do against those Penguins teams. They got into penalty trouble. And basically, with uh, Branislav Mezzi in the box for interference, Mario Lemieux takes advantage. He gets a power play goal. His 28th from Martin Straka at 839. And after two periods, we were all even at one apiece. But early in the third period, we have Dave Scatchard, breaking the 1-1 tie, his 16th of the year from Bill McCult and Craig Berube, so Berube a fight and an assist in this game, time of the goal, 2.55, and the Islanders had a 2-1 lead, they make that one hold up until Eric Cairns adds an empty net goal at 19:56. Mark Parrish with the only assist And the Islanders skate away with a 3-1 win. Chris Terreri, 33 saves in this one to lead the Islanders to victory. Uh, As I mentioned, one assist and a fighting major for Craig Berube in just 7 minutes and 24 seconds of ice time. No multiple point getters for the Islanders in this one. But Eric Cairns, Claude LaPointe, and Dave Scatchard were each a plus-two while Tim Connolly led All-Islanders with five shots on goal. So, that is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Again, a day early, wishing a very happy 55th birthday to Craig Berube, uh, who was briefly a New York Islander, and uh, again, happy birthday to Craig Berube. We've got a lot more to talk about, including the latest on the Matt Barzal situation and a trade that I think is a real possibility for the Islanders this season. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, we are back. And look, you've heard me talk a number of times on the show in recent weeks that I don't think the Islanders are going to make a big free agent signing. They just don't have the cap space. And I don't anticipate a major trade being made during this offseason. And I've argued, because of the way the cap is structured, and because of the way that Lou lamorello tends to be a very patient general manager, that the Islanders are likely to look to add that extra goal scorer right around or just before the trade deadline. And, you know, one player who I think would make a lot of sense for the Islanders to acquire in some ways is Zach Parise, who is still with the Minnesota Wild. And, you know, Parise, first of all, is somebody who Lou Lamorello is very familiar with, as they were both together in New Jersey. And Parise is one of those experienced players who can still put the puck in the net and add some offensive spark He's got a Stanley Cup ring, he's got the experience for the playoffs, he adds leadership, and let's face it, Zach Parise is also a legacy. His father played for the New York Islanders, J.P. Parise, a big part of the magical 1975 playoff run, and it would be great to have another father and son duo on the Islanders. The The two issues, though, with Parise is, first of all, he has an average cap hit of seven and a half million dollars and you know five years left on his contract, including this season. So the Islanders would be taking on a lot of salary for a long time with diminishing returns from Parise. The other issue is that Parise has a no movement clause, but again. I think he would waive that in order to come to the Islanders. And, you know, a lot of times you've heard rumors that Andrew Ladd in the past would head back to the wild. So both teams would be, you know, changing scenery for some veterans with good offensive pasts, but probably struggling a little bit. Now, maybe the change of scenery helps both of them. Both teams assume that salary and we move on. Um, you know, that is a rumor that was going around at the trade deadline. I think it makes sense in a lot of ways. Uh and and I think, you know, look, Patrick Lane, who everyone would love for the Islanders to uh add, doesn't really fit the Barry Trotz system is not more of a defense first play uh player, Zach Parise really is. And You know, Parise is responsible in his own zone. He's familiar with the way Lou Lamorello wants teams to play. Lou prefers veterans, as does Barry Trotz, over younger players. So while I would prefer to see a younger uh, goal scorer come who can stay for a long time and provide the Islanders with more offensively, Zach Parise, for a lot of reasons, might just be the player that the Islanders do acquire and. We'll see what ends up shaking down, but I think it makes a lot of sense uh, on a number of levels for the Islanders to make that move. And again, it doesn't have to be Zach Parise, but if they're making that move at the trade deadline, I think Parise would be a very strong candidate for the Islanders to acquire. Meanwhile, uh, the latest on Matt Barzal, Elliot Friedman, uh, Of Sportsnet up in Canada, basically saying that the latest rumors concerning Barzal is more of a bridge deal, and I think that makes sense because you know until the cap is more of a certainty, until the Islanders management and Lou Lamorello knows what to expect from the cap in the next three, four, five years because of COVID and everything else. Uh, it would be very, very difficult to sign Barzal to a long-term six- or seven-year contract. And even if they do the bridge deal for, let's say, 7000000 $7 million a year for two or three years, even then the Islanders may have to trade a player away or bury a player or two in Bridgeport or on the long-term IR in order to uh, sign Barzal and Matt Martin, and and Andy Green, and still fit under the cap. So it's going to be challenging, but the latest rumors regarding Matthew Barzal, bridge deal rather than long-term contract. And I think under the circumstances, it makes sense. Because if you're Barzy, you know, with the salary cap stagnant right now, if you sign a long-term deal they're going to take that into account big time and you're probably getting less money down the line as a result. Whereas if you wait a couple of years, basically bet on yourself. Uh, If he continues to develop and continues to improve his play, you're looking at a situation where if the cap goes up and he wants to test the market in two or three years, he has the opportunity to make even more money uh than he does now. If the cap is stagnant or shrinks, well, he's in the same situation he is now, more or less. Uh so again, more to gain, I think, from Barzal's standpoint, uh, if he takes that bridge deal, and from the Islander's standpoint as well, if he goes the bridge option, uh Lou Lamarello adds a little bit more flexibility, can squeeze into the cap more easily this year and that is certainly something the Islanders need to do. That's going to do it for us today on Locked On Islanders. Join us Friday for our next episode. We will talk about some of the Islanders' prospects, how they're doing overseas and in college hockey. We'll have that, plus the latest rumors and news concerning the Islanders, Matt Barzal, and the NHL's planned restart for the coming season. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, Let's go Islanders.